In this shortcast, Meryl Post describes her work, MOG's CDG, Quantitative Analysis of the Diagnostic GLC-3 MAN Tetrasaccharide and Clinical Spectrum of Six New Cases, published in January 2023. So let's start by saying that this paper really has been a great collaboration with many national and international colleagues. So we know that congenital disorders of glycosylation, or CDGs for short, are rare disorders and that they are very heterogeneous clinically but also biochemically. This combination causes diagnosing some of the CDGs to be challenging to say the least. And one of these challenging CDGs is MOG-CDG. In this paper we wanted to delineate the clinical spectrum of MOG-CDG patients and improve their diagnostics. We described six unreported MOG-CDG individuals. Most of our cases show features that have already been published before, like the dysmorphic features such as a broad nose, narrow forehead and long eyelashes, and they also had developmental delay in hypotonia. We also found some of the more uncommon features, like the vision problems or the hypogammaglobinemia in a couple of patients. We also described not yet reported features. Patient 1, for example, has progressive intellectual neurological deterioration, and patient 3 has hypocorticalism and a microcolon. Interestingly, in patient 4, we found a dual diagnosis. This is definitely something to keep in the back of your mind as it is predicted to be relatively common in rare disorders and it can cloud the clinical spectrum of a specific disease that you're studying. So as I said before, diagnosing MOCGs can be difficult also biochemically as it cannot be diagnosed using the routine transference screening that is usually done for CDGs. Most CDGs have abnormal glycosylation profile on transferrin, but MOG-CDG has completely normal glycosylation. Now, if you look in literature, there are already some biomarkers known for MOG-CDG, like the high mannose glycan on immunoglobulins in plasma and the tetrasaccharide accumulation in urine. And for the tetrasaccharide accumulation, we wanted to develop a quantitative mass spectrometry-based method as we wanted to answer the question of how much the tetrasaccharide is accumulated in urine per patient. We also wanted to have a method that was specific for MOG-CDG. In urine, you will find several tetrasaccharides coming from example from the diet or from breast milk. And also other disorders like pompa disease will have an accumulation of tetrasaccharides in urine. So the first thing was to develop a method to separate the different tetrasaccharides which required quite some optimization, but we ended up with a method for labeling of the tetrasaccharides to separate them on our mass spectrometer. Now we can separate them, but we wanted to make it quantitative. And this we achieved with the use of 13C labeled tetrasaccharide standards, which we make ourselves with a very straightforward workflow. We use these 13C labeled standards to correct for labeling efficiency and to use as internal standards, which we have validated and you can read in our paper. This way we can calculate back what the exact amount of tetrasaccharide is for each patient. You can use this method to biochemically diagnose the MOG-CDG patients and confirm their diagnosis, which we did for six patients. Interestingly, with patient 7 we had a misdiagnosis. We initially thought that he had MOG-CDG. However, after we measured the samples we did not see an accumulation, which was very surprising. We went back to the exome data and found that he had a single heterozygous mutation and not a biallelic variant, as was thought before. This shows the importance of this biochemical biomarker and the need to combine exome data with a biochemical confirmation. Looking further in the future, you can use this method for multiple things. For example, if there will be a treatment for MOG-CDG, we have a method to follow treatment efficacy quantitatively. 
Another example could be a natural history study to follow patients over the years and see if their accumulation changes, or to expand the method to other disorders where there is an accumulation of oligosaccharides. So in short, in this paper, we describe six unreported MOXILG individuals for which we confirmed their diagnosis using our quantitative method for tetrasaccharide biomarker in urine. If you want to know more about our paper, please visit the Journal of Inherited Metabolic Disease webpage or click the link in the podcast description. Thank you all for listening. 